Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to a Super Bowl recap of Believe in 49ers presented by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online. I am your host, Tommy Call the Third. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy underscore III. That is triple I for the third. And you can catch all of my written work about the Niners via USA Today's Niners Wire. I believe I've posted around 16 stories on Niners Wire since the Super Bowl. So if you're interested in more written work about the 49ers, you know where to go. All right, folks, let's get into it. This isn't going to be easy. The 49ers officially lost the Super Bowl. Their season is over. And in a similar fashion to their trip to Miami in the Super Bowl four years ago, the 49ers dropped the big game to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs 25-22. Today on the podcast, we will relive that loss and go over some initial thoughts and instant reactions from the game. Let's also go over some of the performances that were good and bad in the Super Bowl from the 49ers. It was a tough way to go out, Niners fans. Keep your head up. It hurts now, but time will heal all, and I have a feeling you'll be back sooner than later. Before we dive into the 25-22 overtime loss to the Chiefs, I have a message from our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team path, team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all of the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team and remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. B L E A V. Bet Online, the game starts today. All right, let's get down to business here on Believe in 49ers. It's been a lot of excitement coming into this game. And as of now, there's a lot of disappointment. And that's rightful so, but rightfully so. But let's talk a little bit of positive coming off that game. And that's Brock Purdy. We'll start there. We'll start with the quarterback before we dive into the Kyle Shanahan stuff, because I know I'm sure a lot of that's kind of the talking point, I think, heading from this. But let's start a little bit with the positive. I thought Brock Purdy overall was pretty darn good in this game. Started out great, 10 of 15 in the first half. The second half was a different story. 13 of 23. I thought he led the overtime drive to set up for the field goal almost down to perfection. I mean, he had blitzing in his face, and he was able to fire it off to you know, his playmakers like Christian McCaffrey, he hit multiple big throws on third down. Think of the one to Juwan Jennings, hit a big pass to Chris Conley, who's kind of an underrated, you know, star in this game, I'd say. Deserves some credit. But I mean, Steve Spagnolo after the game, kind of the defensive czar of the NFL right now, coaching one of the best defenses in football, who's been confusing quarterbacks all season long. Think about what they did to Tua in week one, who's a quarterback that's kind of you know compared to Brock a lot with timing throws and you know cutting up zone coverage. Well, Steve Steve Spagnuolo specifically has dominated a lot of these guys throughout the season, 
And after the game, he talked about just how great Brock Purdy was. He talked about that they had to change their coverage, go away from zone and go to man to, you know, cut off Purdy. Instead of trying to force, you know, to take away from Christian McCaffrey, Purdy was the one that was bothering them a lot. And I just think that for a second-year quarterback in his first Super Bowl performance, he didn't have the big turnover. He didn't have the big oh-no throw. The third down, he got rid of it in overtime. I mean, I'm sure a lot of 49er fans want that one back. Having a free blitzer in his face, he had to get rid of it. But overall, I thought Brock Purdy played pretty well. I think it's a building block to go forward off. This guy's still in his second season and played very similar to how he's played a lot of the year in the overtime loss to the Chiefs. Obviously not good enough to beat Patrick Mahomes, but still good. Um, but moving forward, let's go to Kyle Shanahan because I think we're just going to keep rattling him off here today on Believe in 49ers, folks. I know this is kind of a somber Episode coming off a Super Bowl loss, not a lot of positivity, but kind of the conversation that has dominated the following hours, days, minutes, whatever you want to call it, from the Super Bowl is surrounded by Kyle Shanahan. A lot of people are defending him. A lot of people are criticizing him. There's even been some calls for his job, which seems a little bit reactionary to say the least but Kyle Shanahan specifically the game was kind of defined by the overtime coin flip obviously there was new overtime rules and it was very much an unprecedented situation and I think there's two sides to this argument and I kind of in all honesty as I sit here and record this right now this could change because I've flip-flopped but I sit somewhere down the middle because I think Wanting the football in that situation isn't necessarily a terrible idea because I think the number one fear is that sudden death period is going into that third, you know, after each team score, potentially getting the ball first there, a field goal wins you the game. You know what you need. Any point wins you the game. So I think, you know, it's fair to want the ball in that situation. And after their offense struggled throughout the second half of that game, they kind of hummed down the field behind Kyle Shanahan's play calling. It was one of the better drives they had all game, although it resulted in a field goal. But then you flip to the other side of the conversation. The conversation that I think many of you agree with. Why did they not want the ball second? I think that's all fair. And it's easy to kind of put things into hindsight and kind of the Monday morning quarterback vibe mentality. But here's where I have an issue with it. Here's where I think Kyle Shanahan made a mistake and all the criticizers out there are very much correct. I think when you give Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, who's one of the best coaches in the NFL, the opportunity to know what he needs and what I mean by that is, I know I need three to extend the game. I know I need a touchdown to win the game. I know I need a touchdown and to go for two to win. I know I need a touchdown to score. Whatever the situation was, that opens up the playbook in ways I think a lot of people don't understand. Not having to punt. Punting not necessarily being an option. When you get the football first, 
you don't have to go for it on fourth and three with your, you know, on your side of the field. You punt that away and trust your defense to hopefully stop them. Yeah, that's a huge risk. But a stop there is essentially the game's over. Where if you're trailing, you have to go for it. So third down becomes second down. You get two plays to get across the line of scrimmage. Having four plays every drive just opens up that play cup. Click the playbook, excuse me. Had too much, you know, wings and all that. I'm coming off a little food hangover, not even necessarily a drinking hangover. Um but having that ability to kind of spread the playbook out and give Patrick Mahomes the ability to know what he needs to get. And we saw it with his run on fourth down to go pick it up. That I think is very scary. And you think of kind of, that's why I think the NFL rules, this new rule change has kind of blended into the college football scene where you always see the team that kicks, you know, gets the coin sauce, want to go second because they're, they want to know what they need. It's information. This is a mind game. This is chess at the end of the day. And I think that's where Kyle Shanahan flopped a little bit in this. Because you don't want to play chess with Patrick Mahomes. You don't want to play chess with Andy Reid. And right there, they kind of walked right into it. Because, again, like I mentioned, even if the 49ers got seven, the Chiefs knew they could get eight and win the Super Bowl right there. So who knows if what would that would be. No ifs, ands, or buts here. But... That, I think, is where there's a big problem that Kyle Shanahan deserves a lot of criticism for. Another thing, moving off just the overtime call, is the idea of just his play calling. And I know a lot of people lump it into the, the, the Falcons offensive coordinator play calling against the Patriots in that Super Bowl. You talk about Super Bowl four years ago, and the 49ers had the lead in a similar situation. I think in the second half, Steve Spagnuolo absolutely outcoached Kyle Shanahan. They forced the 49ers into a new and unique situation by using a lot of cover zero, sending a ton of blitzes, specifically into the run game, where they were trying to take out the run with blitzing, using cover zero, using cover one. I think that the 49ers have basically not faced all season long. You don't run cover zero. You don't run cover one against the 49ers. Man coverage, a lot of trusting your corners on the outside to go one-on-one with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. And it worked. Trent McDuffie had an incredible game. Incredible game. Maybe player of the game on the defensive side of the football for the Chiefs. Should have deserved some MVP votes for whatever that, that cost. I mean, he was locking people up. Every football that went his way, it seemed like it was deflected. Having trust in those two guys with LeJerry Sneed on the other side. Take away Debo and take away Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, for that matter. I think is where things went weary because Kyle Shanahan coming out of the second half, you know, coming into the second half out of the locker room, three and out, three and out, three and out, only wasted, I think, a little over four minutes off the clock through three drives. A lot of pass plays. Christian McCaffrey, I think, one touch through their first eight plays offensively. That is inexcusable. Even if you are getting... Two yards in a cloud of dust. Three yards in a cloud of dust. It's setting up manageable situations for Brock Purdy to pick up these third downs. Because watching that game, it seemed like it was first down and you blinked and it was third and long. And that's just something we talked about on the podcast, the preview podcast, heading into this game. That would be a bad situation for the 49ers. And guess what it was? The, the Chiefs defense was swarming. 
it finally got to the 49ers. And I think Kyle Shanahan deserves some criticism for that, for how he called that game down the stretch. It was by no means perfect. And I think through the first half, Shanahan saw that they were trying to take the run away and the pass was working. You saw Brock Purdy hit some guys over the middle of the field. You saw this team move up and down. Obviously, the fumble from uh, McCaffrey hurt. The fumble from Ray, not really a fumble from Ray Ray McLeod, but just the special teams botched punt return. That extremely hurt. We're going to talk about special teams here in a little bit. But, yeah, I think Shanahan, while I land somewhere in the middle, I think it's such an unprecedented decision with the overtime call that you know I don't, it's hard to harp on that because I think you can make an argument for you know either side I think it's a really bad look for the 49ers to be talking I think there was a couple players already since the Super Bowl ended that kind of took the path of we didn't necessarily know the rules I can't imagine that being true just because of all the preparation I mean let's just let's not pretend like the like Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers aren't a well-coached team. This is a very well-coached team that has a ton of experience. So I don't necessarily buy that multiple players just didn't know the rules or Kyle Shanahan wasn't prepared. I think they just lived by this situation of wanting the football first. And that's that. I don't think it's you know much more complex than that. So I'd land somewhere in the middle with, you know, should they have taken the ball? Should they have kicked the ball? Now, looking back, hindsight, understanding the full magnitude of that decision, the full situation, having some experience, seeing that Josh Allen rule kind of in effect there with the coin flip. Yeah, I think a lot of teams going forward are probably going to want to kick the ball away. But there in that moment, I, I, I do see Kyle Shanahan's argument for wanting the football. Where I think team, you know, I think he deserves some criticism, specifically with the play calling with a lead, not trying to kind of run clock and really take a shot at Patrick Mahomes and winning this and kind of letting him linger is where there's problems. Uh, moving off Kyle Shanahan, just want to do a quick rundown of some players that stood out, some that didn't, some, in my opinion, situations that impacted the game on a larger scale that we'll probably talk more about later in the week here on Believe in 49ers. And that's Dre Greenlaw. I mean, 57 was all over the field early in the game. He made three straight plays to force a three and out on Casey's first offensive possession. And he absolutely set the tone. And you feel, I want to say absolutely again, but you feel sick for the way he went out in that game running onto the field. Dre Greenlaw is a high-energy player. Of course he's going to be amped on the sideline. He wasn't doing anything wrong. That's something you and I do anytime rep, you know, preparing for a workout, whatever the situation may be. I mean, it is terrible. Torn Achilles um, in that moment there, especially not able to play for basically 75%, 70% of the Super Bowl. I mean, a stunning loss. And then once he was off the field... The defense played great. There weren't really many weak spots, but if there was a situation where Casey attacked and had some success in doing was when Oren Brooks was on the field, in coverage specifically. 
it seems like every time it wasn't 57 or 54 guarding Travis Kelsey or one of these players over the middle of the field, Rasheed Rice, whatever it was, the Chiefs had success. No one could cover the middle of the field once Dre Greenlaw was out. I just feel tremendously for Dre Greenlaw in that situation. He's been playing lights out, in my opinion, throughout the playoffs. He basically won them the Green Bay Packers game, kind of etching him name his name into a 49ers playoff legend category with his run throughout the playoffs and to kind of have it end in that fashion was severely disappointing. And I thought his presence was greatly missed. Uh, Moving on, special teams. I don't want to harp a ton on this because it was expected, in all honesty. The biggest, you know, the biggest mismatch in my opinion, was these two special teams units. We've seen the 49er special teams, specifically Jake Moody kicking the football, hurt them at times throughout the year. I mean, the Ray Ray McLeod botched punt, obviously it hit off a player's ankle in that situation. I mean, kind of, obviously you don't get that close in that situation in the Super Bowl. It seemed like McLeod was waving his teammates off but for it to kind of land off an ankle like that and Patrick Mahomes is going to make you pay. And he did, throwing a touchdown one play later after a big fumble in that situation. And all these mistakes and all these different things we talk about, the 49ers essentially were one Jake po- Jake Moody made PAT away from winning the Super Bowl. It looked like he was going to hook it no matter what, even if it was blocked or it wasn't blocked, whatever. The snap was bad. The hold was, it just, it's very disappointing. I think that's one of the things that years from now, 49er fans, anyone watching that game doesn't really get over because of how just ugly that was. And, you know, that we can kind of make amends to an extent with the coaching decisions because that's just part of football. You can make amends to the event, to the overtime conversation. I think you can, Find a side you agree with more. Like I said, Brock Purdy played pretty well. You can even kind of make peace with the fact that you maybe just got beat by one of the greatest football players we've ever seen in Patrick Mahomes. But that one hurts, the PAT from Jake Moody. Um, I thought Juwan Jennings was amazing. I think he deserves some credit in this game. Uh, He was all over the field. Obviously, we talk about the, the throw. But, I mean, in blocking, we've talked a lot about his blocking ability here on Belief in 49ers. He picked up a third down and seemed like he was the one wide receiver to really get going in this thing. Obviously, Debo, not the impact we're used to. Brandon Ayuk essentially taken away. George Kittle, very quiet. Juwan Jennings was the guy that had some success as a pass catcher. I was impressed with him. Um, And then lastly, I just want to note on... Kind of what I mentioned, what I alluded to just a couple moments ago with Patrick Mahomes. This guy is just one of the best football players maybe I've ever seen in my lifetime. I'm 32 years old. I got to watch a bulk of Tom Brady's career. I got to watch a bulk of Peyton Manning's career, Drew Brees, other big time quarterbacks like that. Patrick Mahomes is just different. I mean, I think of the fourth down he picked up where the Chiefs basically said, we're going to win or lose by you. We're not putting the football in anybody else's hands. 
You're not going to throw it. We're not going to hand it off. We're just going to give it to you and let you go pick up the first down. And he did. To beat Patrick Mahomes, it seems like you have to be nearly perfect or perfect. And that still might not be enough. As crazy as that that is to say, this guy is just as good as it gets. And he just wins in winning moments. Yeah, 333 yards. Couple touchdown passes. Had the interception. But if you do not put kind of a nail in that coffin, he's always alive. Kyle Shanahan talked about it after the playoff, after the Super Bowl, excuse me, where, you know, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, the quarterbacks he's lost Super Bowls who are kind of never out of it. And I absolutely agree. I mean, in that game, regardless of the score, you knew 15 was lingering and he's just one of the best. And as much as you can talk about the 49ers blowing it, in this game, where they had the Chiefs offensively, I think, out of whack, the way they started that game, punt, 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 fumble, punt, interception, punt, pretty ugly, but still, Pat Mahomes, I mean, he, as much as the 49ers blew that, Pat Mahomes went and won it for the Chiefs, I think. The connection with Travis Kelsey at the end of the game was obviously massive. Yeah, I just think that he is... Genuinely amazing, and he's going to take a lot to beat. I think any team in the NFC, even teams that have the Joe Burrows, the Lamar Jacksons, are just looking, kind of scratching their heads, and how do we beat this guy? Because I know the 49ers are doing that right now. That's two Super Bowls he has taken away from the Bay Area. I was asking, I asked my dad this after the end of the game. Where does Patrick Mahomes land on just the Bay Area villain tier? Is he on the Mount Rushmore yet? Is he close? I can't think of it. I can't. I didn't write this down or anything. I can't name a bunch of guys off the top of my head, but I feel like Patrick Mahomes has to be pretty darn close to just looking at him, looking at the Chiefs. It's got to be disgusting. It's got to make your stomach hurt a little bit. Um, with that being said, we're going to be back here on Believe in 49ers later in the week for more of a breakdown on the game. Where do the 49ers go from here? This is the instant kind of rapid reaction to the 49ers loss to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl coming off Sunday night. Um, You know, with the season coming to an end here, I just want to thank all the listeners out there who have given me a shot and stuck with me here on Believe in 49ers. This is my first season with Believe, running this podcast solo. It's been a great experience. I've enjoyed all of you who have reached out to tell me what you've liked about the podcast and maybe what you haven't liked about the pod. Got a couple of those too. I appreciate the guys at Believe, Alex, Nick, the man Cam Rogers for giving me the opportunity here with the network and the rest of the Believe NFL team. Like I said, we aren't done with the Super Bowl yet. We will continue to talk about what went wrong, where the 49ers go from here, free agency, draft. We're going to talk a lot about the draft going forward. We're going to have some prospects on the interview along with some other draft analysts as we prepare for the Combine and April's draft. Thinking of chopping together a little postseason post-Super Bowl mock draft always after you know any team gets eliminated from the postseason you kind of need those couple days of just no sports news nothing just cut everything off that's usually what I do kind of want to go in a dark room and just sit there with my thoughts for an extended period of time however what usually makes me happy is the draft so we're going to have a lot of draft coverage coming to you here on Believe in 49ers As always, you can hit me on Twitter if you want to talk about some 
some football, some basketball, you got a draft prospect or a free agent that you want me to talk about. Or like I said, if you want to talk about hoops and the Golden State Warriors, I am the managing editor of USA Today's Warriors Wire. And hey, that is five wins in a row for your Golden State Warriors. That is something to celebrate in the Bay Area this week, at least. But that's going to do it for us on this edition of Believe in 49ers. Thank you all for listening, and thank you to our sponsor, Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.